Well, the Lord is so good to us. Hallelujah. I don't have anything electronic, even a watch. Tell me what time it is. Oh, you're fine. Okay. I just want to want to set my pace here. Praise God. I want to um, remind us something that the Lord spoke to us as a congregation back in October and um, let you just keep that in the forefront of your thoughts. The Lord spoke to us and He said, we are entering a season that will require the walk of faith, another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. A season that will require the walk of faith, another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. Until He said that, I don't know that I would have uh, looked at of course, the walk of faith, everything we do is a walk in the Spirit, but He's telling us that there's skill in walking in the Spirit and that we can gain that skill, and that is the walk of faith. And He gave us five specific things. He said, know the leading with a certainty, practice obedience, develop humility and the love walk. The fruit of the Spirit is vital the trust in God, His ways, and His Word are safeguards. And we've been endeavoring since that time that He spoke this in October to um, learn in these different areas. There's a lot of homework right there with those five different aspects. Things that we can learn, things that we can gain skill in, and it's not anything that one sermon's going to fix. We're going to have to get in the Word, dig. We're going to have to look for uh, what specifically, uh, where that developing the humility and the love walk in our own personal life applies. Learning how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit is something that takes every day our attention listening to Him, looking to Him, giving Him place in our life. And so we've been going over these different areas. And on the last Wednesday that I was teaching, I, I started uh, talking to you about patience. If you weren't here, I just want to take a moment to recap a little bit of that because with this, the fruit of the Spirit, I don't want to just... Uh, go down the line. I want to go as the Spirit leads us. And he, he directed me to go to patience first. And faith and patience are companions. We need patience with our faith because there are things that we, when we're believing for, they don't happen overnight. When you, we know when we're praying the prayer of faith, we lay hold of it with our faith and then we believe we received when we pray. And there may be a time before we have manifestation of that thing that we laid hold of with our faith. And that time is the pressure that the enemy likes to put on people. That time is that, that, that daunting, it's always just kind of weighing against you. But when you develop the fruit of patience and the fruit of the Spirit, they are forces. They're not emotions. They're not feelings. They're, they're spiritual forces and flows that are designed to help us with every area of our life. I remember when I, I was writing the book, Pressure No Problem. Actually, when I was preaching the sermon series first, Pressure No Problem, the Lord directed me and He said, the fruit of the Spirit, every fruit of the Spirit has an application against the pressures of life. 
Every fruit of the Spirit can be employed, put to work, cultivated to help you uh, against the different pressures that you face in this life. And when we look at the force of patience and the activity of patience, it works like a bridge underneath our faith. It works like the, that undergirding of that bridge to hold some things up for the long period of time between I believe I have received and whoop, there it is, right? We, we've got to have something to help us maintain that uh, constant application of faith. So Hebrews 12.1, let's look at our instruction in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hallelujah. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. Now, when, when, when I was growing up, I've never practiced any long-distance running. But I have married a man who loves to run, and so he enjoys, I know, just go ahead and, and I know, I'm with you. I'm like, how? Enjoy? Are you serious? He enjoys long-distance running, right? And so I have learned a little bit. So when you say run with patience, you're not talking about a sprint. You're not talking about a speed race. You're talking about one of those marathons. We're talking about a long distance. If you're going to run with patience, you've got to develop that patience. You've got to develop that endurance. I remember when he first started running. And when he first started running compared to what he can run now, and when he has been in training at different times for marathons, it was even different. His endurance would build as he trained. For instance, when he first started running, he ran like a quarter of a mile and came home. And then the next day, he went a little bit further. And the next day, a little bit further. And the next day, a little bit further until he could run a whole mile. And then a mile and a half. And then he just kept maintaining at that stretch of a distance to go a little bit further than he had gone the day before until he built his endurance for it. And when he started training for a marathon, he actually uh, began to set a pace. He had to learn how to run at a specific pace so that he could maintain that pace. And so when he would train, he would, he would use a, a sports watch and he would train at that pace so that he would say, this is what I want to be able to finish a mile in. And so he would train at what it took to be able to finish that mile in it. So he would set that pace and then he would increase the, the length that he was, the, the, how, the distance that he was running. But he learned to develop his pace. And I think with the walk of faith, we're going to have to learn to develop a pace because none of the things that we are uh, standing in faith for, even if there are things that we receive, that faith needs to be applied again to something else. There are some things that we have long-term goals. We have long-term faith projects. We have things in our life that require this. And so the Lord put in the scripture that we are to run with patience. 
the race that is set before us. So we're looking at this patience and we're understanding that the word patience means steadfastness, constancy, endurance, sustaining, and persevering. So we're not talking about tying the knot at the end of the rope and hanging on. We're not talking about we're just surviving. We got to make it. We're just, but we're talking about I want to build the strength so that I can, I can continue. I can be constant. And one thing that I've learned about the walk of faith is that it's sometimes you'll find yourself, you'll go to church and you'll have a really good teaching, you'll have a really good time in the Lord and your faith is high and you just feel like I'm on the faith mountain. And then, uh, so you're applying your faith to those things. You get up in the morning and you say, I call those things that be not as though they were and you say what you're believing for and you, you're going through your scriptures and, and you're strong about it. And then a couple of days later, you've been going through all the different difficulties at work maybe, all of the just responses Responsibilities of life and you don't have that same energy, that same inertia behind it. And so you feel like you're kind of dragging through your scriptures and kind of just, oh, and you, you, well, it can even get to the point where I didn't do that for three days, you know? And so you feel like uh, I'm, I'm having a couple of days of strong faith and then three days where I'm just kind of, of barely touching it with my faith. That's where we need to develop that endurance because what what God designed the endurance, the patience to provide is a steady application of faith so that it's not really strong one day and really weak for three, but that I just begin in that same constant faith pressure against that situation, faith application, you could say, to that situation. And when you're standing, let's say, for healing, you don't need faith one day and then off three. You've got to have that consistent application. When you're standing for a change financially, you're using the Word of God, you're acting on the Word, you're quoting the Word, you're calling for things. You need it to be constant And patience provides that constant application for our faith. So patience is that steadfastness. It is a spiritual force. And if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have patience in you now. You may not have cultivated it yet, but it's available You've got to begin pulling it out, activating it, working it, allowing the the fruit to be cultivated so that it comes into a greater manifestation throughout your daily life. So it is available to you because it is a fruit of the reborn spirit. Long-suffering is how the King James uses it, but it's available in your spirit now. So we've got to learn how to... um, activate this force or flow of um, the word. I want to show you a phrase that in, in my estimation gives me the greatest um, definition or, or um, example. Hebrews 3 and verse 14. When I want to describe patience, this verse is a great description for us of patience at work. Hebrews 3 and verse 14, 
it says we are made partakers of the anointed one and his anointing, Christ. That's the definition of the word Christ. We are made partakers of the anointed one and his anointing if, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So when we see the word confidence, we know that's an indicator of faith. Faith is the confidence, the, the certainty, the assurance, the title deed. Faith is that. So confidence is an, a reference to faith. We've got to hold our confidence or hold our faith steadfast. Do you see that? Yes. It's not just hit it one time. Hit it with a big, great faith explosion. You hit it with a one-time big faith momentum. No, that's not the most effective way to work faith. The most effective way to work faith is steadfast. Holding it steadfast. How do I hold it steadfast? How long? Unto the end. <laughs> Unto the end of whatever it is you're believing for. In this verse, it's talking about holding our faith in Christ faith in who He is to us and in us and through us unto the end. And, and that's going to require faith and patience. Let's see another example where we see them mentioned together in Scripture. Again in Hebrews, but let's go to chapter 6 and verse 11. Hebrews 6 and verse 11 says, We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. Diligence to the full assurance. There again we see a reference that could indicate faith, assurance, confidence, certainty. So we've got to, to have this diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. So it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how many faith projects you start if you don't finish them. It doesn't matter what we started believing if we don't keep believing. What's going to matter is that we, kept, that we keep the faith, that we continue in the believing. And so I'm, I'm using both an individual faith project as well as the believing of our, our salvation in Christ and our redemption in Christ and our stand in Him. So I'm, I'm using both of those examples to let us know that it will require a consistency in our faith. Now, when you visit the New Testament very much, you'll hear New Testament admonitions such as hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. Right? Hold fast. Hold fast. This, this instruction, this continual admonition in the New Testament to hold fast. Why do we have this New Testament continual declaration or admonition? You've got to hold on to this. You've got to, you've got to be diligent about it. You've got to hold fast because the enemy can't stop you unless you let go. If you don't let go, he can't defeat you in Christ. The only way He can defeat us is to get us to stop working what's working. <laughs> to get us to let go of the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 
Well, as long as I'm holding my faith, I'm holding my victory. If I let go of my faith, then I've let go of my victory. If I lay it down, if I set it aside, if I say that's not working, I've been working the Word and the Word's not working for me, and the enemy says, exactly, that's exactly what I want you to say. Oh, that's right, it's not working. No, 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 no. It's working because God's Word will not return unto Him empty or void without producing its desired effect. The Word of God will always work when we work it. Amen? So it's working, but I don't live by sight. I never walk by sight. I never walk by appearance. I never walk by what it looks like, what it feels like, what it seems like, because those, those uh, indicators cannot pick up my faith radar. They can't pick up the working of the Word. What, I, what it seems like doesn't always register what the Word is doing. What it feels like doesn't always indicate what the Word is doing. Amen. But faith is a radar that can see what the Word is doing. Yeah. Faith sees the end from the beginning. Yeah. Faith sees. Faith is not blind. The, the walk of faith is not a blind leap. It is a step-by-step -step walk in the Word. It's not blind. It's not uh, 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 out here mysterious. Well, I don't know. We never know what the Lord... We know exactly. God will do exactly what He said He would do. We go to the Word and we see in the Word and the Word gives us the ability to see what the, the Word is doing in our lives. So the walk of faith is a walk that will require that we learn to flow in the equippings love, joy, peace, patience, all of those fruit of the Spirit, those are equippings. Those are, are provisions for your victory because faith works by love that flow of love is constantly poured into our heart by the Holy Spirit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. The, the ability of God is in us. We've just got to learn to respond out of His ability, His responses, His fruit. And when we do, we'll be able to walk not by what we see, but by what the Word says. Amen? And so patience is one that is to help us remain constant against the different changes that we may see or feel, but we can hold steadfast. So here, uh, continuing in Hebrews chapter 6, it says we, are, we have this diligence to hold our faith, this full assurance of hope unto the end, that we be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So we are to be followers of those who use faith and patience to lay hold of and inherit the promises of God. We're supposed to follow in this same, same example, in this same model, this same pattern of faith working with my patience 
until I see the manifestation of the promise. And then he gives us the example of Abraham. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Patiently endured. Patiently endured. That doesn't mean he suffered through it. It doesn't mean it was tying the knot at the end of the rope and just hanging on or clinging on for dear life. No, he took his stand in faith and he stood in that victory stand in faith and he stood regardless of the time, regardless of the the appearance, regardless of the feeling that came with that time and that appearance. He, he took all of those things and set them off of his radar and kept his faith constant. That's our, that's our objective. We've got to become constant in our faith. We've got to become constant in the application, constant in that um, uh, pr- faith pressure, if you will. And so that is patient endurance. And it is, a, it is a joy because we're in victory. We're in a stand of victory. It's not a suffering. It's not a, a difficult place of endurance. See, a lot of people, oh, I don't, that, just sounds, that just sounds uncomfortable, patient endurance. It just sounds uncomfortable, doesn't it? We got to renew our mind. <laughs> we got to renew our mind. Is what I'm not standing in my own in my own strength. I remember this story. Have y'all ever heard of um, those uh, hot air? They were like hot air balloons, but like huge. They would hold like hundreds of people. Dirigible. Thank you very much. All right. So this was back in the early '50s, and they had one of these dirigibles and they were going to launch it, and while they were getting the, all of the, the things, uh, the, the, the gas, they had like different, you know, uh, um, the, the gas that would blow up that hot air balloon, this huge one. Well, something happened, and it came loose, and all of the soldiers who were there were trying to grab it, and it took off into the air. And many of them, they were holding on to these ropes. And there were like 30 men that died that day because they got up to a certain place and they couldn't hold on anymore. It was going so high. They got up to a certain place and they, they um, had to let go. They lost their grip and fell. And so women were fainting, children were screaming. It was, it was a horrible. And they, they were kept watching and they could see there was this one man and he was still hanging on. And they were e- expecting any minute for this man to fall from the sky. And, and they were like, oh my gosh, he can't hold on any longer. He's been holding on 15 minutes. He's been holding on 20 minutes. He's been holding on. They were going, you know, just agonizing on the ground the whole time watching this man holding on to this rope waiting for any minute. And they, it kept getting higher and higher. And they knew if he lets go, he's going to fall to his death. And so it was horrible for all of those people on the ground. 
Well, they finally were able to, it, it, it lowered enough, they were able to get control of it back and they pulled it back down. And they, this man, they, the ambulance, they're rushing, no, no, we're going to take him to the hospital. He surely got to be worn out. He surely got to be, he was like, I'm fine. I am fine. And they were like, no, how did you hold on over 20 minutes? Way up there dangling in there. He goes, I didn't hold on to it. It held on to me. I just grabbed the rope and I tied it around me. And I just floated with the, with the dirigible. So I'm not talking about you hanging on. Hanging on. I'm hanging on. How you doing? I'm hanging on. I'm, I'm enduring. I'm enduring. I'm enduring to the end. I'm enduring. No. I'm just letting the Word carry me. I'm in the Word and the Word's in me. I'm letting the Word do all the work. I, whenever I get under any pressure of what it feels like, I'm just going to cast that pressure over onto the Word. I'm going to put all the, the, the responsibility on the Word. My part is just to stand, not suffer. <laughs> so the way to do that is just continually maintain that this is the word at work in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this patient endurance is how we obtain. This is how we obtain. We need the, the continuous. So let's look at some of those admonitions. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10 verse 35 Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. Don't cast it away. So, do you see the responsibility? It's, it doesn't say, don't let the devil get it, because he can't take anything I don't give him. If I'm on, if I'm alert, if I'm aware, if I'm, if I'm watching, if I'm right, no, 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 that's mine. You can't have that. He can't take it from me by force because I have the greater supply of force in Jesus name. <laughs> Amen. But notice the responsibility is don't cast it away. Don't cast away your confidence. How do people cast away their confidence? They agree with what they see. Well, it doesn't look like. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Reverse, hit the reverse button right there. Before you let it, well, it doesn't look like come out of your mouth. Just hit the reverse button and say, wait, wait, wait. It doesn't matter what it looks like because what it looks like can't pick up the word at work. It, it doesn't show up on that radar. It doesn't read it on that machine. The Word is at work, but my sight can't see the Word at work. My feelings can't feel the Word at work. Why am I back there again? Here I am again. It's because that's why people cast away their confidence. So I'm not looking at how it feels or how it appears 
or what change? F.F. Bosworth made the statement in Christ the Healer. He said, it is, um, it is not proper to base your healing. It's, it, here's, it, he says it very eloquently. I'm going to say it in everyday talk. It's not acceptable to base whether you are healed or not on how you feel after you get hands laid on you. Because how I feel after hands are laid on me isn't the indicator of what happened when hands were laid on me. When hands were laid on me, the Scripture says, the Word says, when hands are laid on me, recovery starts. Whether I feel recovery or not is not an indicator that recovery is underway. It's working because the Word won't return void. And He said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I don't, I don't get hands laid on me and then check to feel my symptoms because that won't register what happened to me. It won't register what's going on in my spirit and in my body as a result of the anointing going into my body. Amen? So what, do I, what will register it? Faith. Faith, will, faith can see it. Faith radar can pick that up. Faith radar says, yes, hands were laid on me. And when hands were laid on me, the anointing went into my body and recovery began. So it's working. It's working. Hallelujah. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. You notice it has great recompense if you hold on to it, not if you throw it away. The only way it's going to bring the recompense and the reward is if you hold it to the end. Cast not away therefore your confidence. You have need of patience. Oh, oh, that's how I don't cast away my confidence. Patience helps me hold it. Hold fast till the end. Hold it strong. Cast not away what you need patience. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you need patience. And so do I. You need patience. It says right there, verse 36, you need patience. You have need of patience. Patience is the force that helps you hold the confidence. Hold the faith. Holding that faith firm until the end. Diligent with my faith stand. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So there's faith and patience working in this verse. Hallelujah. 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 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Hallelujah. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Therefore, in light of verse 57, let's back up to 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
God gives us the victory. Notice that's present tense. It's every time you read it, it's present tense. God gives us the victory. And because of that, you be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So here we see steadfast, which is one of the definitions for patience. You endure. You stand constant. You be the same in season and out of season. Be steadfast, unmovable. Is it possible? Can you be steadfast? You can pull this scripture right off the page, put it in your mouth, put it in your heart, and you can get the ability to be steadfast right here from this verse. You can be unmovable. Just go ahead and set that as your high watermark. Go ahead and make that your objective. That's me. I want to be unmovable. I want to be that tree planted by the river of living water. I want to be unmoved by the heat. I won't see when heat comes. I won't feel the effects of the heat when it comes. I'm not going to drop all my fruit because of the heat. I am unmovable. Why? Because I'm in Him and He's in me. The greater one is in me. Hallelujah. Be steadfast. That's an instruction for the New Testament believer. Be steadfast because why? God gives us the victory. So when you're standing in the middle of a difficult situation, what's your job? Be steadfast. Keep standing. Keep standing in victory. Keep standing in faith. Keep standing in in everything He's given you. Just don't cast away your confidence because the reward in the recompense is coming. Hallelujah. Now, when, when we look at this from the victory stand, we recognize the importance of the fruit of the forces of the Spirit to help us in the overcoming. When the New Testament church was undergoing persecution, they wrote, some of the people began to write to James, who is the half-brother of Jesus. And in James chapter 1, he begins with an instruction to these people who are facing these difficult, hard situations coming against their faith they were being persecuted they they had people that were thrown to the lions they had people that were thrown in prison we see what the apostle Paul was doing before he got saved that was going on in the church and so James is telling the fellow believers he says count it all joy James 1 verse 2 my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The word diverse means many, multifaceted, variegated. It means trouble on every hand. Not just trouble right here in this one area, but trouble here and trouble there and difficulty here and this broke down and they're threatening layoffs here and this situation came up and this bill needs to be paid. It's, It's that compounded trouble that trouble that comes from all these different directions he says when that starts happening count it all joy 
In other words, that's not time for half joy, level two joy, level four joy. Max it out, crank it up, turn that volume of your joy all the way up. This is time for full out joy. Hallelujah. The Berkeley translation calls it time for maximum joy. Amen. So we want to recognize that's a fruit of the Spirit. He said, when you're facing difficulties, let the fruit of the Spirit work in that situation. He says, count it all joy knowing this. So you've got to, the way that you count it joy, you're rejoicing because you know something. You're rejoicing in the knowledge that the Word of God brings to you. The knowledge that thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be unto God. So you're rejoicing in that knowledge. He said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith. Now see, a lot of people want to say, can we skip that part? Can I, can I fast forward past that part? Uh, the trying of your faith. The trying of your faith means when your faith is being put to the test, when your faith is under pressure, when your faith is, is experiencing this uh, attack of it's been too long, it's not working, I don't see any change, I don't feel any change. When, when your faith is being tried... That's the time to put patience to work. Can you show me the Amplified of verse 3? Knowing this, the trying of your faith works patience. It doesn't produce patience. Patience is a fruit of your spirit. You already have it. You're, you're cultivating it, but you have it. So trouble doesn't make you stronger. Just, that's not Bible, y'all. I know it, it, made, it made for a good hit song, but it's not Bible. It's not a hit song on my, on my chart. Whatever doesn't kill you doesn't always make you stronger. Tell that to the people who died in the wilderness, the children of Israel. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Not true. Not true. And, and because people have let that become their philosophy or their doctrine, they just say, well, I'm just going through and I'm going to make... Well, you're not going to become stronger if you don't get in the Word. What happens is people get into those difficult situations and if they know how to go to the Word, they come out stronger because they went to the Word. They went to God. Y'all remember the story? I tell it often, but I think it bears repeating. Charles Capp said there was a, a father there in England, Arkansas, that every time the fire trucks went out of the fire station, he lived right down the street. And so he would throw his son into the truck and they would follow the fire truck and watch it put out the flames. And one day, the little boy was just like three or four years old. One day, the little boy looked up at his father and says, Daddy, why is this big red truck going all around town starting fires? Because according from his perspective, every time we show up, there's a red truck and there's a fire. He didn't realize the truck was there to put the fire out. And a lot of times people equate the fact that they came out of the difficulty stronger and they say, it was the difficulty that made me stronger. No, 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 no. Because there's a lot of people who went through the same thing and folded that went through the same thing and crumbled, went through the same thing and came out, tore up from the floor up. 
But you went through it and you got in the Word and you started seeking the face of God and God began to give you light and He began to give you wisdom and you began to quote what God said instead of what the circumstance was saying to you and it was the Word in you that made you stronger. It was God in you that gave you the victory over that. He was the red truck there to help you put your fire out. He wasn't, it wasn't the fire that made you stronger. It wasn't the difficulty. So when it says here that be assured and understand the trial and the proving of your faith, it says it brings out endurance. It's like, oh, now I know what I need to find in my toolbox. If I've got to install a curtain rod, I'm not going to pull out my hammer. I'm going to get the little drill so that I can drill the little screws into the curtain rod holder to fasten it up there, right? I'm not going to be whack with the hammer. I need to know what tool I need out of my toolbox. If I'm scrambling eggs, I don't need uh, to pull out the ice cream scooper. No, I need a spatula. So I know what I need to reach into my kitchen drawer and pull out. I need the spatula. When you find yourself being under pressure with your faith, now you know what tool to pull out. Pull out your patience. Pull out your patience and scramble your eggs. Right? Bring out the endurance and the steadfastness and the patience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That patience... It will help you remain the same. Not up and down, not in and out, not high faith one day and low faith the next. No, I'm just going to pull the time stamp off of my faith. I'm going to pull that pressure of, of what I see, what I feel, and how long it seems like it's been. I'm going to pull that off and I'm going to say, it's working, it's working, healing power is working, it's working, it's working. I'm just going to give my focus to the Word at work and I'm going to let that constant, patient, steadfastness undergird like a bridge this faith I'm walking out. Amen? Hallelujah. Then it says this, let patience have her perfect work. We've got to allow patience to have continued operation and it will develop in us. Remember I said that when my husband was learning long distance running, he had to get up every day and go out and run and extend just a little bit so that he's, he's keeping that same, what he, what he went through yesterday, he knew he could make it. I, I made it that far yesterday so I can make it today and then I'm going to go just a little bit further. And then the next day I'm going to get up, I know I made it this far yesterday so now I'm going to go just a little bit further. He would, he would develop that endurance. In other words, I don't have to quit at a quarter of a mile when I know I can do a mile. I need to talk to myself, y'all. Because <laughs> personally, I have never, just, just a disclaimer, I've never ran over five minutes without having to stop and catch my breath, y'all. But I can walk. 
I can, I can walk it. But we're, we're talking about the spiritual patience and spiritual running, right? Okay, thank you, Jesus. So, so this endurance has to be cultivated. It has to, it's not, this is not the sprint, remember? This is not going to be over tomorrow. There are some things I'm standing for that I'm, I want, I'm going to maintain my faith. And we used the example uh, in my previous teaching on this about our children's salvation. There's a lot of things where our children's salvation, that for, for God to walk it out in their life and God to work it out and to, to bring people across their path and to open the eyes of their understanding, the things that, uh, that He's working in their life, it may not be in a month. It may not be in a year. I don't care how long it takes. 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 That is not my concern. That's not my issue. As long as they leave this earth knowing Jesus as Lord, that's the time, all of the other issue, that's not going to cloud and, and, and disrupt and hinder and negate my faith. Do you see where we have to develop that endurance? If the end, listen, if the enemy can get us to quit, he's going to keep heaping the pressure on because they're close, they're going to break, they're going to break. No, I'm not breaking. I'm not breaking. I can stand, I can stand. I've, I've tied the rope around me. I'm not hanging on to it, it's hanging on to me. I'm not trying to hold on. It's holding me. Amen. Amen? Amen? So that means I can hang here as long as I need to hang here. Sing my victory song. Amen. Glory to God. Why? Because I have patience. So it says, let patience have this work. Now the word perfect, you know, when we see this word perfect in the New Testament, we've got to identify that it's not meaning without flaw. It means developing. And the word in the original language means to take from the initial stage to the final stage and complete it. So if you were to have an infant, it hasn't, the person hasn't changed in, in the, their being, but they've went through stages of development. So that infant goes through a a stage of infanthood, a stage of a toddler, a stage of an adolescent. Uh, all of these stages are stages of development. And as that development takes place, they come to maturity. That's what perfect is talking about. Patience helps us develop our spiritual maturity. Believers who have not cultivated... I'm closing my eyes, y'all watch me. Believers who have not cultivated patience are not mature. I'm going to turn around this way. Believers who have not cultivated their patience are not mature. Why? We've got to have this maturing work in us. Hallelujah. Remember, it doesn't matter how many people start the race. I stood on the... the the starting line of a, a number of marathons that my husband was running. 
And, and there's like a lot of people at the starting line, but not all of them finished. Uh, some of them got about 20 miles into that 26.3 mile race and, and said, I can't do it anymore. They couldn't stand it. They couldn't endure it. They couldn't continue. And they ended the race with a did not finish. It wasn't a number. It was letters. My husband said he had to, he, I, I shared this. Brother Jim went looking for him. Brother Jim did, Pastor Jim did the half marathon and Pastor was running a marathon. And I'm here in Little Rock and I'm watching his progress on this app that the Garmin Marathon had uh, so I could see when he crossed certain points. And so I called Pastor Jim and I said, I don't see Pastor past that 20 mile mark. And he said, I'm here at the finish line. He has not crossed the finish line. And so he started walking, backtracking the race and Pastor was, had injured his leg and was, Pastor looked and he said, I will not have a DNF behind my name. I'm going to cross that line if I have to drag this leg behind me. I'm going to cross that line. Well, he was never, I'm going to have some kind of number behind my name and not, not a DNF. That's the patience, that endurance. I am not going to have a did not finish. I'm, I don't care if it's not the number I was aiming for. It's going to be a number. It's not going to say I quit. It's going to say I did finish. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, well-developed, fully matured, and entire. And what happens when your faith and your patience are developed? Wanting nothing. There's an area of wholeness that comes with this maturity, with this developing as we develop our patience. Every head bowed. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you today. First of all, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, He is the one who purchased our salvation. His blood was shed on the cross at Calvary to pay the price necessary to set us free from the dominion of sin. Sin had every one of us bound. Sin had every one of us in its clutches. But because of the price Jesus paid, it was a ransom price. And he, prayed, he, he paid the highest price by giving his life. Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Lamb God provided for salvation, the blood, the only blood that was qualified to wash our sins away. The only blood that was qualified to be a sacrifice to pay the debt of sin. And it was poured out on that altar for you. And the only thing necessary for you to have that blood moving and working in your life is for you to accept Jesus Christ and the sacrifice He made to save you. If that's you and today you would say, Michelle, I don't know Jesus, but I want to accept Him today. Would you lift your hand right where you are? We want to make sure that you know the one who paid the price to set you free and that you experience that freedom in your life. 
Hallelujah. 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 Everyone confident in their walk with God. Confident that the blood of Jesus has washed and cleansed you. Hallelujah. I want to pray for the sake of those who may be watching us online or watching at another time. If that's you and you would say, Pastor Michelle, I need to know Jesus. I want you to pray this with me. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross, poured out his blood to pay for my sin debt. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. Today I ask Jesus to be my Lord. Wash me in that blood. Save me from sin. Make me a new life and teach me how to live it. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and you confess him as Lord with your mouth, that you are saved. Hallelujah. We praise God for the salvation and the freedom that we have and the life of God that's available to us in Christ. This victory life, this life that is abundant with the forces of God, the joy, the peace, the patience of God available to us in our life. Have you learned something today? Amen. Something we can put to work in our life. I do want to remind us of two important things coming up in February. February we have our uh, Living Proverbs 31 Ladies Bible Study on Saturday, February the 11th at 10 a.m. So ladies, invite your friends and come ready to receive. We're going to, this will be our first Bible study of the year. We're going to get into some good things. That's Saturday, February the 11th at 10 a.m. The following day is a Sunday, the 12th, and Pastor Caldwell will be here ministering to us at the 6 p.m. service. Pastor Happy Caldwell and Sister Jeannie Caldwell, our pastors, we're honored every single time. And I'll tell you, every time they come, there is impartation, there is a strengthening of this body, and there are, are flows that come into our life that, that help us with that stability and with that overcoming. So um, mark your calendar for that evening service on February the 12th when Pastor Caldwell comes. And then coming up in March, March the 10th, 11th, and 12th, we have a special meeting that the Lord put on our heart to have. Jay and, Deberly, Jay and Debbie Eberly from uh, um, Hallelujah. Cedar Rapids, thank you very much. Uh, they are ministers who spent years working under uh, Brother Hagen in the healing school. They have a strong flow in healing and in faith, and that's going to be a three-day conference, a Friday night, Saturday morning and night, and then Sunday morning and night. They'll be here ministering in this conference. Every service will have a download in it. I mean, I'm talking about a spiritual download. It's like one service builds on the other. So mark your calendars because God put that in our heart special to have uh, Pastor Eberly. They really have a strong flow, anointing and faith, and uh, you will be blessed by their ministry. So that's March the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Praise God. Stand with me to your feet. Hallelujah. I have no idea what time it is, but 
I stopped when I felt the liberty to stop. So praise the Lord. Please come. I will turn this over and he'll, he'll help you say the vision. One quick announcement. If you are your first time with us, God bless you. We are so just honored that you would serve and, and, and come and hear the word today. We have uh, some refreshments for you in the back. And if you want to meet some of our leadership, we would love to get to know you better. So please avail yourself to that if you're a newcomer. God bless you so much. Are you ready to say the vision? Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.